Good to see everybody here today. Uh, this is our second week of 21 days of prayer and fasting. I commend you on your commitment, and it's a desire at this at this house, the Life Center. It's a desire and a passion for us to just to just see God do something great. So I was reading and looking on the internet, Facebook, um, the amount of people that are participating in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I was blown away. Let me tell you something. There's at least 500 churches connected to one group that are participating in this. And these churches range from, get this, 100,000 members plus down to, you know, our size and smaller. Uh, In the top 50 churches, largest churches in our country, most of them are participating in this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Let me tell you something. I don't know what your 2017 is going to look like. But there are people that are connecting with heaven for the period of January for 21 days. It's just incredible to realize that we're connected to something that's that big. And the realization is this. People are ready to see God do something great in their life. And, you know, the status quo isn't cutting it. Things that we depend on aren't always dependable. But God is always faithful and always dependable. And so people are just hungry to see God do something great in their life. And I'm glad that we are participating. So we talked about fasting last week. We're talking about prayer this week. I'm, I'm pumped about being able to talk about this topic today. Uh, there's just so many great things that are happening as a result of it. If you don't come here from 9 to 9.30 on Sunday mornings for prayer, I'm encouraging you. I recommend you do because it's a, an amazing time. God connects with us. It's beautiful. We, we, every, every Sunday morning spread across this stage are cards from the foyer of people's names, prayer requests that they have. And every week people are calling out those names uh, before God. And, and I believe we're going to see miracles happen as a result of that. My daughter, Sierra, she told me after we left church yesterday, she's like, I had a great idea. She's like, I was praying. I got a card. She said, I took a picture of it with my phone, and I made it my screensaver. So every time my phone is on, I see this card, and I'm praying for that all week, and I'll take a picture of another one next week. So we're connecting, right? People's names are being lifted up to God, and I'm telling you, when that happened, things happen. When we do that, Pastor Scott talked about it last week. He quoted this scripture. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, I will hear from heaven. God hears the prayers that we pray. Amen. Amen. So, real quick, we'll jump into this. How we pray is kind of where we want to start. Pretty simple. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9. The disciples came to Jesus one time and they said, Hey, would you just teach us how to pray? And so Jesus, everybody in this room probably has heard this or knows it by heart. It's what we call the Lord's Prayer. And it basically, this is what Jesus told them. He said, in this manner or after this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever what jesus was teaching his disciples that day was not the exact quote of what he was saying but rather there is a format there's a blueprint that he laid out when he gave us this prayer and so i just want to kind of quickly unpack that for you today to help you understand why when the disciples asked for help and understanding how to pray why jesus explained it in this fashion first is this our father in heaven when we make that statement we're verbally acknowledging that he is our father now 
I, I know life is not always great, and not everybody has a great relationship with their father. And I know some people have a horrific relationship with their father, and maybe the word father doesn't resonate well with you, but that's not what God intended. What God intended when he created man was to be their heavenly father. And if you, if you understand the role that the father should have and is supposed to have, he's supposed to be what? The provider, the protector, the one that takes care of things, the one that you depend on, the one that supplies. That's what he means when he says, our father in heaven. So when we say that or we understand that, we're acknowledging that we are not in control of our life. But he is guiding us. If we have trouble, we have a father to run to. If we're broken, we have a father that can heal us. If we have a need, we have a father that protects and provides. The second thing is hallowed be thy name. Simply put, hallowed means regarding something that's holy or sacred. You're just simply acknowledging the fact that my father is not just my father He is sacred and he is holy and he is chosen in his holiness and greatness to choose me as his child. So it's not just it's bigger than just an acknowledgement of the man upstairs. It's bigger than that. It's the recognition that he really is the Lord of all creation. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Asking that the goodness and the greatness of his kingdom is reflected on this earth. Let me tell you something. When you know Jesus Christ and you're a Christ follower, you have a job to do. And your job is to be ambassador of goodwill, to represent the grace and peace that he brings to this world. We live in a, ter- uh, a horrific world. We, it, you don't have to look far to find terrible events and things and tragedy that's happening in our world. It's refreshing to meet somebody that just brings peace, right? It's refreshing to be with someone that just has good news once in a while. And as Christ's ambassadors, we are meant to help establish the kingdom of God, the peace and goodness that he brings in this earth. Give us this day our daily bread. Again, this is a dependency. This is a realization and a verbalization that I cannot do this on my own. Nothing is more simple than asking for your basic need to be met, is it? To know that God is interested enough in you that he's concerned if you're hungry. He's got a lot of concern going on right now. (laughs) Recognizing that, asking for that, is acknowledging that my basic needs can be provided by him. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This one's a tough one. If we could kind of highlight this one or maybe even white it out, (laughs) it might be easier. What this simply means is we need forgiveness, realizing the fact that we need forgiveness. And then that's not just where it stops, realizing that people need us to forgive them. Forgiveness is not a one a one time gift for you alone. Forgiveness is a gift that's meant to be shared. And if you understand the principle of what he's teaching here, he's saying, I'll be happy to forgive you. I'll be happy to take your brokenness and mend it. But you have to turn around and be willing to give that forgiveness to someone else. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. A clear realization that you are human. There is a God and it is not you, right? You're prone to error. You're prone to mistakes, which is why we have the need for forgiveness. But also recognizing the fact that God is able to lead us out of temptation. He's able to deliver you when you're struggling, when you're facing your vices and you don't think you can shake it off on your own. Guess what? You can't. But God can through you. God will enable you and empower you to overcome your struggles. So in a nutshell, when they said, would you teach us to pray? He made it very simple. But it packed a lot of meaning into those few lines. And it's not a chant or a ritualistic mantra that's meant to be repeated multiple times. And so if you say it 50 times, it'll do more. No, it's meant to live it out. 
the proper structure. It's a blueprint. It's the, it's the thing that gives us the power to live our daily lives. It's the power that when we pray, we understand who he is, who we are, and we realize that forgiveness is paramount in our life. We need it. People need it. And we also recognize that he is all-powerful in our life. It's a simple prayer, but that's how we pray. That's what we're supposed to be praying. That's how we do it. So the next thing is, why do we do it? Why do we pray? I love this story. It's in Acts chapter 10. We'll get right into the story, and I want to explain a couple things. Acts chapter 10, verse number 1. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius. He was a Roman centurion from the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need, and he prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear, as would all of us. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered. Listen carefully to this. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Wow. I've been praying about this for a long time. I don't think God's hearing me. No, we have evidence here that prayers go to heaven and he's hearing them. They were like the prayers that Cornelius prayed were like a monument standing up in heaven reminding God, hey, there's a guy down there, his name's Cornelius, and he's been praying a lot. (laughs) And so these prayers that he prayed were captured. God's hearing them. Why doesn't he answer immediately? I don't know. Why doesn't he respond the first time I ask? I don't know. Why, if I pray one time, doesn't he just immediately answer? I still don't know. But I do know that he hears our prayers. There are times when he does answer immediately. Can anyone attest to that? And there are times you may still be praying for the same thing and haven't seen the answer. But the Bible tells us that those prayers are a memorial in heaven before God. He does not forget. And so this happened, and then, and then we fast forward down later in the passage I'll just give you a quick snapshot of what happens there. When this angel came to Cornelius, Cornelius was a Gentile. He was a Roman. At this point, the gospel was spreading, but only spreading amongst the Jews because the Jews thought this was a message for them. They thought, poor Gentiles, poor Americans, poor Chinese. You don't get to hear this great message of hope. But Jesus had bigger plans. God had bigger plans. And Cornelius was praying. And that monument was going up to heaven. And so... God speaks to Peter, sends Peter to Cornelius' house, and Peter's like, oh my goodness, I didn't expect this. I did not expect to see Gentiles open to the message of the gospel. I didn't know that was a possibility. It goes against all the things I've been taught. Let me tell you something. God works in unconventional ways. He does things the way he thinks they should be done. We just tend to get in the way a little bit sometimes because we have the problem of having ideas of how things should happen. Log that away for answered prayers. Because you may picture a prayer being answered in a certain way, and guess what? God's got a different plan. Right? Right? Amen. There's a bunch of stories that could happen there, but we'll continue on. Verse 34. Peter began to speak. I now realize, this is an amazing passage. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and who does what is right. Peter had no idea what he was getting into. He walks into this Roman's house. First of all, in those days, the Jews and Romans were not friends. There was a conquering entity and a conquered entity, and the Jews were the latter. And the Romans were not kind to them. 
And he is sent to this guy's house. He goes to Cornelius' house and he sees the gospel living there. He sees something happening. And when he realizes that God has poured his spirit out on this family, this household, he says, I'm amazed because God's not, he doesn't care what your race and nationality is. Anybody that does the right thing and fears God and seeks him, he's going to find them and he's going to reward them. And let me just say it this way. You and I don't realize this today, but the gospel is spread across the world because of a man named Cornelius who prayed. His prayer didn't just wasn't just answered for his house. His prayer changed the face of the message of the gospel in that day. And so the gospel was spread throughout the whole world. This was because a man prayed and God heard. His prayer effectively reached to where we are today. That's pretty amazing. You can never underestimate the power of your prayer. In Matthew chapter 21 verse number 22 It says this, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. And if you have one of those Bibles that highlights Jesus' words in red, this would be red. Jesus told this to his disciples. And this is an interesting story where he told them this. It's because he was teaching them. He had an object lesson. They were on the way somewhere. They passed a fig tree. Jesus wanted a fig. He reached up for a fig. There were no figs. And Jesus said, this tree is not bearing fruit when it's supposed to. And he curses the fig tree. They continue on about their journey. They come back a day or so later, and the tree's dead. And the disciples are like, dude, he just cursed that tree two days ago, and it is dead. What is going on? That's incredible. I mean, obviously, there's a, that's an object lesson. Jesus takes that moment. It wasn't about the fig tree. It was about the disciples. Jesus takes that moment and says, listen to me. Anything you ask in prayer, it can happen. If you believe and you speak to a mountain in your life, an obstacle in your life, a a barrier in your life that you cannot figure out how to get over, under, around, if you pray and you speak to that thing and you say, you know what, I'm casting you away from my life, I'm casting you into the ocean, it will be done. We don't understand the power of prayer. We don't understand what it means when we can talk to our Heavenly Father and we can let Him know the things that we're facing, the struggles that we're up against. The reason why we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting is because we believe that God hears our prayer. It is not just a cool thing to do so that we can all say we did something cool. It's not cool missing meals. It's not cool doing whatever your normal routine is that you've sacrificed for 21 days. The reason why you had that routine to begin with is because you liked it. (laughs) And whatever you've decided to stop, you've stopped because you're saying, you know what, God? It's more important to me that I deny myself of some desire that I have and I pray to you and I talk to you and I increase that conversation time because I need you in my life. And the reason why we do that is because we know that he hears our prayer. How do I know that he hears our prayer? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because I can tell you a few things that might change your mind. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm kind of wrapping things up. And the next few minutes, though, I'm going to share with you some stories from my life. Now, if you look around you, there is a piece of paper sitting beside you with a pen. I want you to keep that thing handy because when I'm done you're going to be busy, okay? Pastor Scott gives you homework. This is a class. you got to do class work. 
We're gonna, everybody's going to participate. Raise your hand if you're going to participate. You, you raised your hand before I even asked you. That's, y'all are great people. <laughs> y'all are trusting people. So everybody get one of those. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you some personal stories about po- the power of prayer. Now, all of these I'm connected to in some form or fashion. And I can, I can only really tell the stories that I've lived, right? So it's not about me. It's about what I know and what I've experienced. So these stories I'm going to tell you are real-life evidence of the power of prayer. You guys ever watch real TV? You know, those stories of things that happen to people, and you're like, why do they put this stuff on TV? I don't even know why that channel's on TV. It's one of those channels surfing, and you stop, and you're like, really, this is on TV? And you're just like a train wreck. You can't look away. You just keep watching. Well, this is real-life stories of the power of prayer. For the, if you're on the line, if you don't believe, I hope I can change your mind, and I hope you can experience the power of prayer in your life. I'm happy that Bishop McIntyre and Mama McIntyre are here today because they're two of the people in my stories. And Bishop McIntyre, I talked to your daughter. Uh, we tried to calculate years. How long, how many years did you have your blood clots in your legs? We calculated over six. Oh, we were halfway there. <laughs> Twelve years, he's had serious blood clots in his legs the kind that the doctors watch very often because if they dislodge, it can create all kinds of problems, heart failure and all other kinds of issues. A lot of challenges. It's been uncomfortable, difficult, painful, and in spite of all that, he continues to do what God's called him to do, and that's travel to a foreign country and preach the gospel. In spite of all that, 12 years. On his return trip this time, he receives a call. You're in the airport, if I remember correctly, right? Getting ready to go to the airport. He receives a call. Someone has been praying for him, and they called to tell him, I'm telling you that God has healed your legs. He gets back home. He goes to the doctor. Blood clot's gone. No problem. He walked three and a half miles this Thursday. And let me just tell you, 12 years is a long time to ask for the same thing. But if they were your legs and your blood clots, you'd probably ask for 12 years, right? There's a lot of things that are going to unwrap in these stories, right? There's several things I want you to get. I want you to get, one, time is something we're relegated to, not God. Remember that. When you're praying, God's got his own clock. We're stuck to 24, 7, 365, all that stuff. God's not. And when you're praying, don't quit just because you get tired of asking. Jesus told a parable of a lady who pestered a judge so much that the judge finally just acquiesced to her request because she was driving him crazy. And in that parable, Jesus says, when you're asking, don't quit asking. Just keep asking. There's something bigger at work. That's pretty incredible, right? Twelve years, instantly healed. That's incredible. I want to tell you about my own, my own mom, diagnosed with breast cancer, had breast cancer surgery, went through some treatment, got melanoma. If you know anything about cancer, melanoma is one of the most aggressive cancers there is. Her, it was in her lymph nodes. It was spreading. It was bad. She was in Indiana. There was a doctor there who was treating her. Basically, the doctor said, if you don't do something aggressive, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what we can do. Uh, they call me. They tell me this. I started getting on the phone. I know Johns Hopkins is here. I want to also tell you this about prayer. Faith without works is dead. That's what the Bible says, right? So sometimes our prayers take action. Sometimes we have to get involved in our prayers. We don't just ask and sit. Sometimes we ask and dig. Sometimes we ask and run. Sometimes we ask and walk. Sometimes we ask. There's action. You follow me? So this particular instance, um, 
I find this, this doctor refers to a doctor who was her mentor, and he works for Johns Hopkins. have no idea who this is. I'm here there in Indiana. I start trying to find out information about this doctor. I find the doctor, tell him the situation. He's like, well, we can definitely see her. This is very expensive, but we can definitely see her. Uh, my parents are retired missionaries. They, they have basic health care coverage that our government provides, and that's it. So this was going to be a big deal. They did not have the, the resources to undergo this treatment. I, we, we set her up an appointment. She comes to meet this doctor. He, he sees her. He's like, yes, you have very aggressive melanoma. We're going to have to try a new drug. And let me tell you something. When he started spitting out numbers, wow. I'm talking these things were like twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a treatment. It's unbelievable. I'm sitting at my office at work. I don't have any idea how this is going to work. I'm praying. I get on, I Google, and I find an organization that funds this particular type of treatment and for these particular type of situations. I contact the people. The people said, fill out this application. Your mom's a great candidate. We'll foot the bill. I'm talking, if we added up, it was seventy dollars or $80,000 for the treatment. Unbelievable. So Dr. Caesar, doctor says, don't worry about insurance. We'll take care of whatever has to be done. Starts working through that. He, he has a, a, an offshoot of Johns Hopkins, but he runs my mom's stuff through Johns Hopkins so they can do a medical case study. So that gets written off for the hospital. So she goes through the treatment. She recovers seven years cancer-free today. That's, and there were people, my parents spent many years in a foreign country, and there were people, I'm not kidding you, all over this world that were praying for my mom. Did God instantly, miraculously heal her? No, but I just rattled off about 15 miracles that happened over the course of several years, right? Incredible, incredible. I'm happy that my mom's still here, cancer-free. I sent her a text last night, Mom, how long have you been cancer-free? And she sends me back a text with lots of emojis and, and all kinds of Jesus capitalized and all kinds of, you know, she's just excited. I told her I'm sharing your story. She was excited about that. Mama McIntyre has in, terrible arthritis in her neck. And I don't know if you guys have seen her around the Christmas period. She had a neck brace on and she couldn't move at all. Incredible, severe pain. And she's praying. People are praying for her. She comes up here. She says, Pastor Scott, I just need you to pray. Because I believe if you pray for me, God's going to touch me. He prays for her. The doc, she's gone to see the doctor, x-rays. They've given her Valium and Percocet and any other kind of thing that would blow most people's minds. <laughs> and she doesn't want to take it. And so she prays. Pain goes away. Pain goes away. I mean, it's not your neck hurting, but if it was your neck hurting, wouldn't it be nice to know the pain went away? Right? So no Percocet, no Valium. I mean... These are, these, are, these are big things, right? These are big things. How many hate getting accidental dials, I will use a proper term, from someone who sat on their phone? I will call it accidental dials. There are many other phrases for that particular event. But you've got those before, right? And most of the time they're very annoying. And, most time, and sometimes they're funny. You can hear things going on around you. I once worked for Verizon uh, Wireless back in the day, and a guy came in. And he had, a, he had a phone. This was back in the day when phones were not as cool as they are now. They were not smart. Uh, <laughs> let's just leave it there. But he did not have a flip phone. And so he had this phone, and he tosses it at me and walked his way. He's like, you have got to get me a different phone. It's like, what's wrong with this one? He's like, 
it doesn't flip closed. So I can't guarantee that it's disconnected. I was like, why? He was like, well, I was in an argument with my wife. And he said, she, I thought she hung up. I thought I hung up. I threw the phone on my seat and I <laughs> proceed to berate my wife to whoever I'm with. And the phone was not disconnected. I need a flip phone. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, that was just a random moment that he, I popped in my head. But so my, the reason why I'm telling you that is my dad was, uh, this has been a couple years ago now. He was in Home Depot. He had been struggling with not having energy, just running down. He's like, when he was telling me this afterwards, he's like, I was out working in the yard, and he's like, I had to sit on the ground to weed a bush. He's like, I don't know what was happening to me. I just, I, I, I wasn't in pain. I just had no energy, was dragging. So he's, he was doing some projects. He was at Home Depot, all the way in the back of Home Depot, and he said he started having severe chest pains, shortness of breath. He knew he was having a heart attack. At that moment, his phone dials. He picks up his phone, and it was my uncle who lives in North Carolina who said, I don't know, I accidentally... I accidentally dialed you. Sorry about the interruption. How's it going? And my dad says, I think I'm having a heart attack. My uncle starts to pray for him on the phone right then. My dad said the pain subsided. His energy came back. He gets to the, he walks himself to the car, drives himself home. He drove himself when he had a stroke one time. My dad, uh, the mental thing, we're not talking about that. That's a separate miracle. It needs to happen. <laughs> he drives home. He tells my mom, I think I've had, I'm having a heart attack. They get him to the hospital. Sure enough, he's in the process of having a heart attack. They start testing him and they, they decide, they realize that he's got blockages in five of his arteries. So they go in, they're doing some more investigative work, and they find out, guess what? Your heart is not damaged at all. The heart attack you had was so minor, it was basically a wake-up call. I mean, if God can use an accidental phone call, come on. Your problem may seem impossible, but if you pray, there's an answer, I can promise you. If you pray, there's an answer, I promise you. Years ago, I was in college in Dallas, Texas, we were riding with some friends, going to church. There were four of us in the car. We're on. Da- if you've ever been to Dallas, their interstates are like 47 lanes. <laughs> they don't have the problem we have here of no room. They got plenty of room, and they just build highways. So was, we were on like an eight-lane highway, and we're. It wasn't even. I don't even remember that. It, maybe it had rained. I don't even remember. I know it wasn't actively raining. We're cruising along at 70 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, the traction of the car just breaks, and I. It's like surreal slow motion i'm sitting in the back seat and we're facing the right direction and then we're looking at the wall and then we're looking at cars that are coming at us and then we're looking at the media and then we're looking at the right direction we do this three times the the highways filled with cars i still to this day do not know how it worked we did three of those and landed facing the right direction under a bridge at the curb we all had to go home, take showers, change clothes, and then go back to church. No, I, I didn't plan for that. I didn't wake up that morning and say, Lord, when we have this accident that's about to take place, will you please? Take? No, but my mom's always praying for me. There's always God takes care of things. Does that mean that everything in your life is going to work out right? No, it does not mean that at all. What it means is you have the ability to pray. And there is power when you pray. And God hears when you pray. All those things I just told you about are big things, right? Would you consider those big things? Those are big things. Well, I don't have cancer that I know of, thankfully. 
You may not be struggling with some disease. This may not be some big event for you, but I want to talk to you about God answering prayer for small things. Things that you don't think are worthy of praying. I mean, just let you a little inside secret about Andrew. Sometimes when I have a small challenge, my knee-jerk response is not to pray about it. Not to pray about it. And that's because I'm wired to take care of things. And sometimes I think God's got a lot of big things. He's got nations to worry about. He's not concerned about whether or not, you know, this is going to work out for me. But that is not the message. What did he tell the disciples when he said, when they asked for him to teach them to pray? He said, the first thing you start with is our Father in heaven. He's saying, whatever you are dealing with, I am interested because you belong to me. That is where he starts in understanding what he wants from us when we're talking about prayer. It's the simple understanding that he is interested in what we might be struggling with. Quickly, Savannah took her car to get an oil change. They called her. They said, we can't change your oil. You've got a blown head gasket. I mean, this is a college student. She's got a, a, an older car. She's like, what am I going to do? I was like, well, let's take it to another shop and get another opinion. And I'm telling you, one of the cards on the floor here, there was a card up there, prayer request for my car, Savannah. <laughs> Didn't know what she was going to do. So we took it to, we prayed. Somebody prayed for it. I prayed for it. We pray, I prayed for it because she's still living at home. I really prayed for it. Uh, so <laughs> we took it to this other shop. He looks at it. He calls me. He's like, man, he's like, honestly, he's like, I've checked it all out. He's like, I see where maybe they thought it was that, but it's not. This car's fine. There's no head gasket problem. It's a small thing, and you can say, well, just a bad mechanic. I, you can choose to believe what you want to believe. But I know when I pray, God hears. And the Bible goes on to say that he, he knows when a sparrow falls. That means he's interested in small things. He's interested in small things. Nathaniel's working at uh, University of Maryland Hospital in the city. He's a temp, temp employee, so his job is not completely secure. And he hit a little roadblock here a little bit ago, and it looked like he was going to lose his job. The person he supports was like, I'm done with him. He's not, he's not doing what I want him to do, whatever. So we prayed about it. And another guy from another department advocated for him, fought for him, and restructured things so that he can maintain his job. It's a small thing, but it's not a small thing if it's your job. right? God hears when we pray. When they were getting married, they were looking for an apartment, looked all over the place, couldn't find one, trying to find a place to live. And someone talked to someone, and we were praying about it, and all of a sudden, can you come take a look at this place? They have an amazing little apartment connected to a house of two elderly people that think they're the coolest things since sliced bread. Required a deposit, ended up changing their mind and making them pay half of that. It's just an incredible miracle. God is interested in your daily life. When I first started speaking, you guys would never believe this because I can't shut up, but there was a day when coming up here on the stage in front of people, I could say about three words, and then my mind just goes as white as a whiteboard. <laughs> there wasn't anything showing up, nothing. <laughs> Hello, my name is Andrew, and that's where it ends. <laughs> I mean, incredibly nervous and anxious, and, and I just, the first time I was getting up to speak, I thought, dear God, I'm going to die before I ever get there. <laughs> Went to the bathroom like 16 times in five minutes. I mean, just, you know, just incredibly nervous. I was, I was like, God, you got to help me. I need your help. I'm telling you, I could take you to the location. I could take you to the place. It was like someone pushed the unnervous button. It just went away. 
just like that. Small things. Small things. That's not a big deal to you. It was a huge deal to me. I, the point of all this is simply to let you know there really is power in prayer. And I've only just told you things that I'm aware of. If we all sat around the table drinking water since it's 21 days, and we just started sharing stories about things that have happened, and here's the thing that I want you, if you don't remember anything today, I want you to remember the power in prayer, and I want you to remember that we overlook the answers so much of the time. We pray for something, the answer happens, and we're like, and we don't even say thank you. Because we don't even realize, I prayed about that. God did something. We just kind of are glad it happened. If you start paying attention, I don't know that you can fill up a journal faster (laughs) if you were trying to write a book. If you just started jotting down the things that happen as they go through your mind, things that you're facing, fears that you're addressing, challenges that you're up against, and you just say, God, I need you to help me with this. And then miraculously, it works out. You just all we don't always put the two together. He does sometimes answer instantly. We just don't always realize it because it's not a big enough miracle. Let me tell you something. Next to salvation, there is no miracle greater. But beyond that moment, if it's just taking nervousness away, if it's just your car is, is not as bad as you thought it was, if it's something simple like you prayed for God to help you remember so you could pass the exam, if it's something small, start to recognize that when you ask, he hears and he answers. Well, you can tell me it's just coincidence. You can choose to believe that if you want to. But I think I have enough evidence to argue the point with some validity. I choose to believe that God is acting on my behalf. So here's the deal. Pick up that piece of paper and that pen. It says on that top, hashtag pray first, dot, 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 and comma. And here's what we're going to do. I want you to take that pen, and I want you to think about something you've prayed about in the last week, two weeks, month that God has answered that you haven't necessarily even paid attention to, you haven't necessarily told anybody about, I want you to write it down. If you, you don't have to put your name on it because here's what we're going to do. If you feel comfortable after you've written on that, we're going to bring them up here and they're going to be stuck on the foyer wall out there because through this 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's not just about requests. It's about answers. We need to understand. We need to celebrate the wins. When God responds, we need to be grateful. You know what gratitude is in action? It's, it's being, it's being, um, it's being, I'm just Someone help me with the word I'm looking for. (laughs) It's being generous. I don't know where that word went, but it just went away. Gratitude in action is generosity. That's what it is. So it's one thing to say thanks. It's another thing to show someone how thankful you are. And that's what generosity is. And if you recognize when I pray and God answers and I start paying attention to all the times he's answering, let me tell you something. Generosity will just raise up inside of you. Faith will raise up inside of you. You will soon start to see that God really is involved in your life. There is power in prayer. There, we need to focus on the fact that when we pray, he hears, he answers, he responds. I'm telling you, write it down. If it's, if it's simple, if you, like, if you think, well, that's kind of dumb, let me tell you something. If, it, if you realize that you prayed and it happened, don't worry about whether or not you can reason it away. 
Don't worry about whether or not you can, well, I can probably justify that as being, no. God hears our prayers. 